Good afternoon, kids. I'm just driving. Um, actually, I'm on 2.38 right now. That's why it sounds so loud and bumpy. Oh my gosh. I remember when this was like a two-lane freeway. Now it's like three lanes, sometimes four. Actually, it may have been a one-lane at one point. I don't know. So, we're going to conclude Job today. And I've done a lot of reading, and I've actually started to do a little bit more studying about Job. So, for the last few episodes, we've been reading about Job. Three of his friends have been kind of chiming in, saying that he's wrong, and saying what they thought God's justice was like, and Job was saying, no, God is unjust. Anyways, they're going back and forth. There's a new guy that's going to come on scene whose name is Elihu, I think. El- Elihu? El- Elihu. Who says something more nuanced about God's justice and how God works. And then, eventually, yeah, I think it's like chapter 40, 39 or 40, God, uh, Job is going to demand God show up and answer for all of his suffering and surprisingly God actually shows up so that's going to be interesting what God tells him and we, I can tell more about the about this uh, conclusion after we finish it so uh, reading ahead I just noticed that the next book after this is the largest book in the Bible so I'm it's daunting it's a huge chunk and when I finish this next book, not Job, but the next one, Psalms, we'll have, we'll be halfway done with reading the Bible. So it's, it tells me I can definitely do this. I can do it. So I'm going back and forth on whether or not I should create a blog that, that just has uh, me reading the Bible instead of all this prelude or um, just me talking to you guys. I'm tempted to do that. I'm also tempted to um, release just me talking through the Bible on TikTok. I'll probably make about 5,000 videos. We'll see. We may have to hire someone for that. Just a thought. And I think uh, now that I'm close to being halfway done, I'm definitely going to be going through some of the creeds. Uh, We'll do the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. We may do uh, Confession of Faith. Westminster Confession of Faith is pretty short. We'll go through that. And then uh, maybe some novels. I don't know. Uh, Heading home. it's, It's been freezing. It's been like a cold snap going on. I'm going to hopefully go home, we'll finish Job, and then I'm going to check on my bees, see how they're doing, then uh, go back to the office, got to meet a client at 1.30, and then I got to drive to uh, Berkeley, drop some stuff off from, from, from a bond agent, and then uh, hopefully I don't have to be in court tomorrow, but we'll see. We will see. Oh, boy.
made homemade cinnamon rolls last night. Those were terrible. I, I killed the yeast. I think uh, I added cold egg yolks to the yeast and milk mix, which dropped the temperature down. Yeast grows really well in about 100, 100, 105 to 115 degree um, liquid, be that milk or water. But I added, I think I added the yolks way too soon. I should have stirred them. Darn it. Try again another time. Uh, I've been sleeping well lately. So, anywho, don't know what else to tell you. Where am I? Hang on a second. So, the spy, our youngest child, is getting baptized this Sunday. And I'm just a little nervous about it because you're seven and you're demanding it and I'm like, let's do it. But you're also really shy, like me, and you're gonna be in front of 1,500 people. So I'm just a little nervous how you're gonna react. So I've been trying to tell you, kind of prompt you, what do you, what do you feel like saying? And you really don't want to say anything. And so, I wish I could be up there and baptize you, just to, maybe to calm you down. But I, th I think another leader is going to be baptizing you. His name, his name is actually your name, which is funny. I always give him crap for it. I was like, that's the dumbest name in the world. I just can't stand it. And the first few times he said it to me, um, I said that to him. He was just like really confused. And then, then your mom yells your name, let's go. You know, and then he starts laughing. So that's my my humor. I call them time bombs. Like people will think I'm mean, and then they realize I'm joking, but I never just cared to let you in on the joke because it's only funny to me. And then they laugh later on. So I don't know if I tell you the story. One time, I, I was a high school uh, leader, so I had. Uh, oh, that's a fire. Uh, I was a high school leader and there was this new pastor coming on and oh no it's not Justine there's a new pastor coming on and I said hey you know I'm so and so listen if you ever meet this one person they're a complete hack don't listen to anything they say and they're not listen just come to me first you know they have no they have absolutely no idea what's going on they just gave her a job here because she has no other way of making a living and just completely talked trash about this one person who was like just out of earshot and then after he's I he's you know says oh well that's great he was laughing nervously and then then uh, she goes up to him and says hey my name's Erica that's like the same person he just starts laughing uncontrollably and to the life of me I do not remember ever having that conversation but every time we meet up because he's gone on to like be a pastor of another church and he would always say, I can't, I'll never forget when I met you and you said all that. So, but she knew I was joking too. So it was all in good fun. I don't, I'm, I'm not being mean about it. I just, to me, that's funny. It just is. I, I remember, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, so I apologize. But our good friend, um, Vadim, we were, when we were in, 
we went to Berkeley, um, we were hanging out at one of our friend's houses, um, and your mom was in Spain, so I was trying to hang out with this guy, because he's, your mom really likes him, I was like, oh, I gotta get to know this guy, and great, by the way, one of the best guys in the world, and so we're hanging out, and I'm falling asleep, because I'm working, not only am I washing dishes 30 hours a week, I'm also, uh, community service officer for the Berkeley, UC Berkeley police. And I'm like, my eyes are just dropping like crazy. Like I I really am falling asleep. So they're about to play this movie, um, Lolita, which is, uh, based on a book, which is about a man who falls in love with a very, very, very young girl. It's disgusting. And it's just, it's, it's, there's a lot of controversy and and I read the book, and I really could care less about the book or the storyline, but but I I because um, I was falling asleep, I was like I I, I figure I gotta go, so I, I wanted to make a, an excuse up. So I said, hey, I gotta before you start this movie, I gotta go. This hits too close to home for me, and I don't even know what it, like I don't know what I was even meaning. I just thought, oh, whatever, you know, just throw some excuse out. Um, I was not insinuating that I was, like, attracted to children. Um, I don't know what I was doing, but I just, to me, I just thought, just saying that would be funny. And so, skip forward 15 years, and somehow, we're in a group setting, or not even 15 years, it's before children, and me and your mom are hanging out, and someone said, hey, let's watch Lolita, and Vadim took the, said, no, 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 we don't have to do that. He's like, he's, like, protecting me, he's like, no, 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 that's, and he, like, looked at me, he nodded, he's like, no, we're not watching that, and, and I was like, oh, shit, man, oh, I got, I gotta, that's almost, just watched an accident, I gotta edit that out, damn it, um, great, what was that, 10 minutes and 30 seconds, I'm gonna take that out, anyways, so, Vadim's, like, nodding at me, He's like, yeah, don't, 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 don't worry about it, George. We're not gonna watch that. And I was laughing. I was like, oh, why? I don't. What are you talking about? He's like, don't worry about it. And I, I had to pry it out of him. I was like, George. Yeah, just something. Anyway, you told us. Remember at Berkeley at Rosalie's house? It hits too close to home. And oh, the bridge is up. Oh, island life. And I, I was started laughing so hard. It's like I don't remember that, but that's hilarious to me. It's just hilarious to me. It's my sense of humor, kids. Um, your mom has chastised me so many times for saying stuff like that to you guys. You know, I've insinuating so many things, which I really cannot mention on a Christian podcast. And just, you know, usually it involves your me needing to inflate something and me saying no. And anyways, your mom. Eh. Anyways, that's my personality. I I laugh at the things from me. Other people, it's hard to make me laugh. It really is. And so, there have only been a few, like, a few times you guys have really, really made me laugh. It's been great. But, uh, that was a big compliment growing up. You know, if I was able to make my parents laugh, that was a big one. You know, they valued people being down to earth and really funny. And quick-witted. You know. Of which being the youngest, I wanted their attention, so I would learn to be quick, 
quick with my words, which has been very helpful when in court. So, so getting to our house, the bridge is up, and I, I should start reading, but you know, the people are creeping forward. And let's see, we're in Job 30 today. You finished 39. I wonder if your mom's home. We'll see. We'll pause it for now. All right, I kind of time edited that, so instead of you guys listening to me complain about being waiting for the bridge, I'm now in our dining room. It's about 60 something degrees out, so after this, we're gonna, gonna check the bees. Right. Without any further ado, Job 30. But now they laugh at me, men who are younger than I, whose fathers I would have disdained to set with the dogs of my flock. What could I gain from the strength of their hands, men whose vigor is gone? Through want and hard hunger, they gnaw the dry ground by night in waste and desolation. They pick stalwart the leaves of, of bushes and the roots of the broom, tree for their food. They are driven out from human company. They shout after them as after a thief. In the gullies of the torrents they must dwell. In holes of the earth and of the rocks, among the bushes they bray. Under the nettles they huddle together, a senseless and nameless brood. They have been whipped out of the land, and now I have become their song. I am a byword to them. They abhor me. They keep aloof from me. They do not hesitate to spit at the sight of me, because God has loosened my cord and humbled me. They have cast off restraint in my presence. On my right hand the rabble rise, they push away my feet, they cast up against me their ways of destruction. They break up my path, they promote my calamity, they need no one to help them. As through a wide breach they come, and admit the crash they roll on. Terrors are turned upon me, my honor is pursued as by the wind, and my prosperity has passed away like a cloud. And now my soul is poured out within me, days of affliction have taken hold of me. The night racks my bones and the pain that gnaws me takes no rest. With great force, my garment is disfigured. It, it binds me about like the collar of my tunic. God has cast me into the mire, and I have become like dust and ashes. I cry to you for help, and you do not answer me. I stand, and you only look at me. You have turned cruel to me. With the might of your hand, you persecute me. You lift me up on the wind. You make me ride on it, and you toss me about in the roar of the storm. For I know that you will bring me to death into the house appointed for all living. Yet is not one in a heap of ruins stretch out his hand and in his disaster cry for help? Did, I, did not I weep for him whose day was hard? Was not my soul grieved for the needy? But when I hoped for good, evil came, and when I waited for light, darkness came. My inward parts are in turmoil and still and never still. Days of affliction come to meet me. I go about darkened, but not by the sun. I stand up in the assembly and cry for help. I am a brother of jackals and a companion of ostriches. My skin turns black and falls from me, and my bones burn with heat. My lyre is turning to mourning, and my pipe to the voice of those who weep. Chapter 31 I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? What would be my portion from God above and my heritage from the Almighty on high? Is not calamity for the unrighteous and disaster for the workers of iniquity? Does not he see my ways and number all my steps? If I have walked with falsehood and my foot has hastened to deceit, let me be weighed in a just balance and let God know my integrity. 
if my step has turned aside from the way that and, and my heart has gone after my eyes, and if any spot has stuck to my hands, then let me sow and another eat, and let what grows for me be rooted out. If my heart has been enticed toward a woman, and I have lain in wait at my neighbor's door, then let my wife grind for another, and let others bow down to her. For what would be a heinous crime that would be iniquity to me, to be punished by the judges? For that would be a fire that consumes as far as Abaddon, and it would burn to the root in all my increase. If I have rejected the cause of my manservant or maidservant when they brought a complaint against me, what then shall I do when God rises up, when he makes an inquiry, what shall I answer him? Did not he who made me in the womb make him, and did not one fashion us in the womb? If I have withheld anything that the poor desired, or have caused the eyes of the widow to fail, or have eaten my morsel alone, and the fatherless has not eaten of it, for from my youth the fatherless grew up with me as a, with a father, and from my mother's womb I guided to the widow. If I have seen anyone perish for lack of clothing, or the needy without covering, if his body has not blessed me, and if he was not warmed with the fleece of my sheep, if I have raised my hand against the fatherless because I saw my help in the gate, then let my shoulder blade fall from my shoulder, and let my arm be broken from its socket. For I was in terror of calamity from God, and I could not have faced his majesty. If I have made gold my trust, or called fine gold my confidence, if I have rejoiced because my wealth was abundant, or because my hand has had found much, if I had looked at the sun when it shone, or the moon moving in splendor, and my heart had been secretly enticed, and my mouth had, has kissed my hand, this also would be an iniquity to be punished by the judges, for I would have been false to God above. If I have rejoiced at the ruin of him who hated me, or exulted when evil overtook him, I have not let my mouth sin, by asking for his life with a curse. If the men of my tent have not said, Who is there that has not been filled with his meat? The sojourner has not lodged in the street. I have opened my doors to the traveler if I have concealed my transgressions as others do. By hiding my iniquity in my heart, because I stood in great fear of the multitude, and the contempt of families terrified me, so that I kept silence and did not go out of doors. Oh, that I had one to hear me. Here is my signature. Let the Almighty answer me. Oh, that I had the indictment written by my adversary. Surely I would carry it on my shoulder. I would bind it on me as a crown. I would give him an account of all my steps. Like a prince, I would approach him. If my land has cried out against me, and if its furrows have wept together, if I had eaten its yield without payment and made its owners breathe their last, let thorns grow instead of wheat and foul weeds instead of barley. The words of Job are ended. Chapter 32. So these three men ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then Elihu, the son of Barakal, the Buzite of the family Ram, burned with anger. He burned with anger at Job because he justified himself rather than God. He burned with anger also at Job's three friends because they had found no answer, although they had declared Job to be in the wrong. Now Elihu had waited to speak to Job because they were older than he. And when Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of these three men, he burned with anger. And Elihu, son of Barakal, the Buzite, answered and said, I am young in years, and you are aged. Therefore, I was timid and afraid to declare my opinion to you. I said, Let days speak, and many years teach wisdom. But it is the spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that makes him understand. 
It is not the old who are wise, nor the aged who understand what is right. Therefore I say, listen to me. Let me also declare my opinion. Behold, I waited for your words. I listened to your wise sayings while you searched out what to say. I gave you my attention. Behold, there was none among you who refuted Job or who answered his words. Beware, lest you say we have found wisdom. God may vanquish him, not a man. He has not directed his words against me, and I will not answer him with your speeches. They are dismayed. They answer no more. They have not a word to say. And shall I wait because they do not speak, because they stand there and answer no more? I also will answer with my share. I will... Also declare my opinion, for I am full of words. The spirit within me constrains me. Behold, my belly is like wine that has no vent. Like new wineskins ready to burst, I must speak that I may find relief. I must open my lips and answer. I will not show partiality to any man or use flattery towards any person, for I do not know how to flatter, else my maker would soon take me away. It's a lot of preamble before Elihu says anything, but okay. Chapter 33. But now hear my speech, O Job, and listen to all my words. Behold, I open my mouth, the tongue in my mouth speaks. My words declare the uprightness of my heart, and what my lips know, they speak sincerely. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Answer me if you can. Set your words in order before me. Take your stand. Behold, I am toward God as you are. I too was pinched off from a piece of clay. Behold, no fear of me need terrify you. My pressure will not be heavy upon you. Surely you have spoken in my ears. And I have heard the sound of your words. You say, I am pure without transgression. I am clean, and there is no iniquity in me. Behold, he finds occasions against me. He counts me as his enemy. He puts my feet in the stocks and watches all my paths. Behold, in this you are not right. I will answer you, for God is greater than man. Why do you contend against him, saying, he will answer none of man's words? For God speaks in one way, and in two, though man does not perceive it, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men, while the slumber of their on their beds. Then he opens the ears of men and terrifies them with warnings. And he may turn man aside from his deed and conceal pride from a man. He keeps back his soul from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. Man is also rebuked with pain on his bed and with continual strife in his bones, so that his life loathes bread and his appetite the choicest food. His flesh is so wasted away that it cannot be seen, and his bones that were not seen stick out. His soul draws near the pit, and his life to those who bring death. If there be for him an angel, a mediator, one of the thousand to declare to man what is right for him, and he is merciful to him, and says, Deliver him from going down into the pit. I have found a ransom. Let his flesh become fresh with youth. Let him return to the days of his youthful vigor. Then man prays to God, and he accepts him. He sees his face without a shout of joy, and he restores to man his righteousness. He sings before men and says, I sinned and perverted what was right, and it was not repaid to me. He has redeemed my soul from going down into the pit, and my life shall look upon the light. Behold, God does all these things twice, three times with a man, to bring back his soul from the pit, that he may be lighted with the light of life. Pay attention, O Job, listen to me. Be silent, and I will speak. If you have any words, answer me. Speak, for I desire to justify you. If not, listen to me. Be silent, and I will teach you wisdom. Chapter 34. Then Elihu answers and says, Hear my words, you wise men, and give ear to me. You who know, for the ear tests words, as the palate tastes food. Let us choose what is right. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job has said, I am in the right. For God has taken away my right. In spite of my right, I am counted a liar. My wound is incurable, though I am without transgression. 
What man is like Job, who drinks up scoffing like water, who travels in company with evildoers and walks with wicked men? For he has said, I, It profits a man nothing that he should take delight in God. Therefore hear me, you men of understanding, far be it from God that he should do wickedness, and from the Almighty that he should do wrong. For according to the work of a man he will repay him, and according to his ways he will make it befall him. Of a truth, God will not do wickedly, and the Almighty will not pervert justice. Who gave him charge over earth, and who laid on him the whole world, if he should set his heart to it, and gather to himself his spirit and his breath? All flesh would perish together, and man would return to dust. If you have an understanding, hear this, and listen to what I say. Shall one who hates justice govern? Will you condemn him who is righteous and and mighty, who says to a king, worthless one, and to nobles, wicked man? Who shows no partiality to princes, nor regards the rich more than the poor, for they are all the work of his hands. In a moment they die, at midnight the people are shaken and pass away, and the Almighty and the and the mighty are taken away by no human hand, for his eyes are on the ways of a man, and he sees all his steps. There is no gloom or deep darkness where evildoers may hide themselves, for God has no need to consider a man further, that he should go before God in judgment. He shatters the mighty without investigation and sets others in place. Thus knowing their works, he overturns them in the night, and they are crushed. He strikes them for their wickedness and a place for all to see, because they turned aside from following him and had no regard for any of his ways, so they caused the cry of the poor to come to him. And he heard the cry of the afflicted when he is quiet. Who could condemn when he hides his face? Who can behold him? Whether it be a nation or a man, that a godless man should not reign, that he should not ensnare the people." For as anyone said to God, I have borne punishment, I will not offend any more. Teach me what I do not see. If I have done iniquity, I will do it no more. Will he then make repayment to suit you because you reject it? For you must choose and not I. Therefore declare what you know. Men of understanding will say to me, uh, and the wise man who hears me will say, Job speaks without knowledge. His words are without insight. Would that Job were tried to the end, because he answers like wicked men, for he adds rebellion to his sin. He claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. I think I should stop. At 34. I think. My wife is home with the king. I was a little rude today. I felt really bad. I think I hear them coming. We're going to stop at 34, 30 through 34, and then we'll finish. You know what we'll do? I'm going to pause it. We'll do 35 through 42 in a little bit. Yeah. I'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Sorry, I thought it was going to be a quick turnaround. Turns out it was a couple days, so I'm actually at the Navy base. I'm about to park and read the conclusion of Job. And I'm going to head home, maybe have some dinner, and just hang out with you guys. Oh, it's been a crazy few days. Uh, sorry about the noise. That's, that's a weird thing. Right now I'm looking at the cityscape of San Francisco. The backdrop is, um, backdrop the sun. The sun is kind of setting. Actually really pretty. It's a pretty town. 
I mean, from a distance. Then we'll go there. Alright, here we are. Sorry, this is kind of a long podcast. I think we're on Job 35 or 36. I'll have to look at the Bible when I open it up. Next is the big one, guys. Psalm. Psalms. Me. Did some research for it, so I'm excited to give some backstory to it. You guys can actually think that your dad's smart. I'm not, but as long as you think it, it'll be okay. You know, I don't know. Oh, and the sun is down. It is now dusk. Beautiful. Hi, Lord. That was a heck of a bump. Oh, one of my favorite part, times of day. The sun goes down. Gorgeous. Gorgeous time. All right, guys. Let's see. All right, Job. Must be Job 35. All right. Chapter 35. And Elihu answered and said, Do you think this to be just? Do you say it is my right before God that you ask, What advantage have I? How am I better off than I had sinned? How better off than if I had sinned? I will answer you and your friends with you. Look at the heavens and see and behold the clouds which are higher than you. If you have sinned, what do you accomplish against him? And if your transgressions are multiplied, what do you do to him? If you are righteous, what do you give to him? Or what does he receive from your hand? Your wickedness concerns a man like yourself, and your righteousness a son of man. Because of the multitude of oppressions, people cry out, they call for help because of the arm of the mighty. But none says, Where is God, my Maker, who gives songs in the night, who teaches us more than the beasts of the earth, and makes us wiser than the birds of the heavens? There they cry out, but he does not answer, because of the pride of evil men. Surely God does not hear an empty cry, nor does the Almighty regard it. How much less when you say that you do not see him, that the case is before him and you are waiting for him. <clears throat> and now, because his anger does not punish, and he does not make take much note of transgression, Job opens his mouth in empty talk. He multiplies words without knowledge. Chapter 36. Elihu really is obnoxious going to say. This is the most obnoxious person in the Bible. A lot of preamble. A lot of him saying, you need to listen to me. Uh, and so chapter 36. And Elihu continued and said, bear with me a little and I will show you for I have yet something to say on God's behalf. Oh boy. Oh, he thinks he's a prophet. I will get my knowledge from afar and ascribe righteousness to my maker. For truly my words are not false. One who is perfect in knowledge is with you. Behold, God is mighty and does not despise any. He is mighty in strength and understanding. He does not keep the wicked alive, but gives the afflicted their right. 
He does not withdraw his eyes from the righteous, but with kings on the throne, he sets them forever, and they are exalted. And if they are bound in chains and caught in the cords of affliction, then he declares to them their work and their transgressions that they are behaving arrogantly. He opens their ears to instruction and commands that they return from iniquity. If they listen to serve him, they complete their days in prosperity and their years in pleasantness. But if they do not listen, they perish by the sword and die without knowledge. The godless in heart cherish anger. They do not cry for help when he binds them. They die in youth, and their life ends among the cult prostitutes. He delivers the afflicted by their affliction, and he opens their ear by adversity. He also allured you out of distress into a broad place where there was no cramping. And what was set on your table was full of fatness. But you are full of the judgment on the wicked. Judgment and justice seize you. Beware lest wrath entice you into scoffing. And let not greatness of the ransom turn you aside. Will your cry for help avail to keep you from distress? Or of all the force of your strength, do not long for the night. When peoples vanish in their place, take care, do not turn to iniquity. For this you have chosen rather than affliction. Behold, God is exalted in his power, who is a teacher like him. Who has prescribed from him, for him his way? Or who can say, you have done wrong? Remember to extol his work, of which men have sung. All mankind has looked on it. Man beholds it from afar. Behold, great is God, and we know him not. The number of his years is unsearchable. For he draws up the wa- drops of water. They distill his mist and rain, which the skies pour down and drop on mankind abundantly. Can anyone understand the spreading of the clouds? The thunderings of his pavilion? Behold, he scatters his lightning about him and covers the roots of the sea. For by these he judges peoples. He gives food in abundance. He covers his hands with the lightning and commands it to strike the mark. It crashes, declares his presence. The cattle also declare that he rises. One second. Take a quick sip. You know why Elihu is wrong, right? He's saying, he's pretty much saying, God rewards the just and punishes the unjust, which is an extremely scary proposition. That is not how God works. In my age of 43, I've noticed that God, that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And some of the worst people in the world have wealth and quote-unquote power and beautiful families and financial security and they say health and some of the most honorable people had their lives cut short lived in poverty family strife so this if that was the case I think which it isn't that Elihu's ideas are insane. It reminds me of the book, um, I think it's called Capitalism and the Protestant Ethic, which kind of espouses this idea, which is actually theologically wrong and sociologically wrong. But your dad went to get his degree in sociology, so I had to read those books. So don't read that one, actually. God, who wrote that? Oh, look at that. 37. At this also my heart trembles and leaps out of its place. Keep listening to the thunder of his voice and the rumblings that comes from his mouth. Under the whole heaven he lets it go and his lightning to the corners of the earth. 
After it, his voice roars. He thunders with his majestic voice, and he does not restrain the lightnings when his voice is heard. God thunders wondrously with his voice. He does great things that we cannot comprehend. For to the snow, he says, fall on the earth, likewise to the downpour, his mighty downpour. He seals up the hand of every man, that all men whom he made uh, may know it. Then the beasts go into their lairs and remain in their dens. From his chambers come the whirlwind and cold from the scattering winds. By the breath of God, ice is given, and the broad waters are frozen fast. He loads the thick cloud with moisture. The clouds scatter his lightning. They turn around and around by his guidance to accomplish all that he commands them on the face of the habitable world, whether for correction or for his land or for love, he causes it to happen. Hear this, O Job. Stop and consider the wondrous works of God. Do you know how God lays his command upon them and causes the lightning of his cloud to shine? Do you know the balancings? He's so he's a little obnoxiously poetic. It's a little silly saying this to someone whose family was just destroyed and his finances decimated and body crumbling. It's just insane that someone's actually saying this to this man. Do you know the balancings of the clouds, the wondrous works of him who is perfect in knowledge? You whose garments are, are hot when the earth is still because of the south wind? Can you, like him, spread out the skies hard as a cast, cast metal mirror? Teach us what we shall say to him. We cannot draw up our case because of darkness. Shall it be told him that I would speak? Did a man ever wish that he would be swallowed up? And now no one looks on the light. When it is bright in the skies, when the wind has passed and cleared them. Out of the north comes golden splendor. God is clothed with awesome majesty. The Almighty, we cannot find him. He is great in power, justice, and abundant righteousness. He will not violate. Therefore men fear him. He does not regard any who are wise in their own conceit. And that's it for Elihu. The rest is going to be a pretty terrifying not terrifying but one of my favorite parts of the story my dad would talk about this all the time when God shows up chapter 38 then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge dress for action like a man oh, dress for action like a man I will question you and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Or what were its bases sunk? And who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made clouds, its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and prescribed limits for it, and set bars and doors, and said, Thus far shall you come, and no farther. And here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began, and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth, and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the sea, and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld, and their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea, or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? 
Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. Where is the way to the dwellings of light, and where is the place of darkness, that you may take it to its territory, and that you may discern the path to its home? You know, for you were born then, and the number of your days is great. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow, or have you seen the storehouses of the hail, which I have reserved for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war? What is the way to the place where the light is distributed, or where the east wind is scattered upon the earth? Who has cleft a channel for the torrents of rain, and a way for the thunderbolt to bring rain on, a land where no man is, on the desert in which there is no man, to satisfy the waste and desolate land, and to make the ground path, uh, sprout with grass? Has the rain a father, or has begun the drops of dew? From whose womb did the ice come from, and who has given birth to the frost of heaven? The waters become hard like stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades, or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth the Maseroth in their season, or can you guide the bear with its children? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you establish their rule on the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds, that a flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightnings, that they may go, and say to you, Here we are? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts, or given understanding to the mind? Who can number the clouds by wisdom, or who can tilt the water skins of the heavens? When the dust runs into a mass, and the clods stick fast together, can you hunt the prey for the lion, or satisfy the appetites of the young lions, when they crouch in their dens, or lie in wait in their thicket? Who provides for the raven its prey, when its young ones cry to God for help, and wander about for lack of food? So God is asking Job a lot of questions. Oh. Dress for action like a man. Wow. This is getting good. Chapter 39. Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you observe the calving of the does? Can you number the months that they fulfill? Or do you know that time when they give birth? When they crouch, bring forth their offspring, and are delivered of their young? Their young ones become strong, they grow up in the open. They go out and do not return to them. Who has led the wild donkey go free? Who has loosed the bonds of the swift donkey to whom I have given the arid plain for his home, and the salt land for his dwelling place? He scorns the tumult of the city, he hears not the shouts of the driver, he ranges the mountains as his pasture, and he searches after every green thing. Is the wild ox willing to serve you? Will he spend the night after your manger? Can you bind him in the furrow with ropes, or will he harrow the valleys after you? Will you depend on him because his strength is great, and will you leave to him your labor? Do you have faith in him that he will return your grain and gather it to your threshing floor? The wings of the ostrich wave proudly, but are they the pinions and the plumage of love? For she leaves her eggs to the earth and lets them be warmed on the ground, forgetting that a foot may crush them, and that the wild beasts may trample them. She deals cruelly with her young, as if they were not hers. Though her labor be in vain, yet she has no fear, because God has made her forget wisdom, and given her no share in understanding. When she rouses herself to flee, she laughs at the horse and his rider. Do you give the horse his might? Do you clothe his neck with a mane? Do you make him leap like the locust? His majestic snorting is terrifying. He paws in the valley and exults in his strength. He goes out to meet the weapons. He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword, 
Upon him rattle the quiver, the flashing spear and the javelin. With fierceness and rage, he swallows the ground. He cannot stand still at the sound of the trumpet. When the trumpet sounds, he says, Aha! He smells the battle from afar, the thunder of the captains, and the shouting. Is it by your understanding that the hawk soars and spreads his wings toward the south? Is it that your command that the eagle mounts up and makes his nest on high? On the rock he dwells and makes his home on the rocky crag and stronghold. From here the spies, he spies out the prey. His eyes behold it from far away. His young ones suck up blood, and where the slain are, there he is. Oh, there is he. Chapter 40. And the Lord said to Job, Shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty, who argues with God, let him answer it? Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once, and I will not answer twice, but I will proceed no further. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? Have you an arm like God and can thunder? And can you thunder with a voice like this? Adorn yourself with majesty and dignity. Clothe yourself with glory and splendor. Pour out the overflowings of your anger and look on everyone who is proud and abase him. Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low and tread down the wicked where they stand. Hide them all in the dust together. Blind their faces in the world below. Then will I acknowledge to you that your own right hand can save you. Behold, Behemoth, which I made as I made you. He eats grass like an ox. Behold his strength in his loins and his power in the muscles of his belly. He makes his tail stiff like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are knit together. His bones are tubes of bronze, his limbs like bars of iron. He is the first of the works of God. Let him who made him bring near his sword. For the mountains yield food for him, where all the wild beasts play. Under the lotus plant he lies, in the shelter of the reeds and in the marsh. For his shade the lotus trees cover him, for the willows of the brook surround him. Behold, of the river is turbulent, he is not frightened. He is confident through, the, through Jordan. Rushes against his mouth. Can one take him by his eyes or pierce his nose with a snare? Chapter 41. Can you draw out the Leviathan with a fish hook or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he make any pleas to you? Will he speak to you soft words? Will he make a covenant with you to take him for your servant forever? Will you play with him as with a bird? Or will you put him on a leash for your girls? Will traders bargain over him? Will they divide him up among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay your hands on him. Remember the battle. You will not do it again. Behold, the hope of a man is false. He is laid low even at the sight of him. No one is so fierce that he dares to stir him up. Who then is he who can stand before me, who has first given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. I will not keep silent. I will not keep silence concerning his limbs, or his mighty strength, or his goodly frame. Who can strip off his outer garment? Who would come near him with a bridle? Who can open the doors of his face around his teeth in ter is terror? His back is made of rows of shields, shut up closely with a seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. They are joined to one another, they clasp each other, and cannot be separated. 
His sneezings flash forth light, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the dawn. Out of his mouth go flaming torches, sparks of the fire leap forth. Out of his nostrils come forth smoke, and from a boiling pot and burning rushes. His breath kindles coals, and a flame comes forth from his mouth. In his neck abides strength, and terror dances before him. The folds of his flesh stick together, firmly cast on him, the Im and immovable. His heart is hard as a stone, hard as a lower millstone. When he raises himself up, the mighty are afraid. At the crashing, they are beside themselves. Though the sword reaches them, it does not avail, nor the spear, the dart, or the javelin. He counts iron as a straw, and bronze as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. For him, sling stones are turned to stubble. Clubs are counted as stubble. He laughs at the rattle of javelins. His underparts are like sharp post herds. He spreads himself like a threshing sledge on the mire. He makes the deep boil like a pot. He makes the sea like a pot of ointment. Behind him he leaves a shining wake. One would think the deep to be white-haired. On earth there is not like, not as like a creature, ugh, a creature without fear. He sees everything that is high. He is king over all the sons of pride. Second. Take a little sip. It's covering a lot today. Chapter 42. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered that I did not understand things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Here I will speak. I will question you and you make it known to me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eyes see you, therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, My anger burns against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Therefore take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept his prayer not to deal with you according to your folly. For you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite, so far the Namathite, went and did what the Lord had told them to do, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came to him all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before, and ate bread with him in his house, and they showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold. 
And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, and he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camel, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters, and he called the name of the first daughter Jemimah, Jemima, the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third Kiran Hapuch. And in all the land there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. And after this Job lived 140 years, and saw his sons and his sons' sons, four generations. And Job died an old man and full of days. And that is Job. So, what I would suggest is the summary of Job is that we're all going to go through suffering. Okay. But you need to trust God. God needs to be trusted. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. But you need to trust that God, who loves you, is going to take care of you. I'm going to head home now. It's been a long day. Trying to be with my family. I don't know. (sighs) I love you guys very much. And, you know, I hope if you're listening to this and your guys are going through some suffering, um, just know that I... I adore you, and I, I I wish you guys wouldn't have to suffer anything at all. I really do. I wish I could just take all your suffering on me. As your father, I would rather deal with your suffering than I want you guys to live a, just a happy life, which isn't really good theology. But I, I don't want any trouble to come to you, but guess what? It's going to. It's going to, kids. And how you deal with that trouble is going to be an amazing testament of your faith in Jesus Christ. So whatever you do, just remember, um, just like Job said, God gives and God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in everything you do, kids, do it for the kingdom. And the king, God bless. You are